You found it. The show where you can be the listener and the guest. And it starts right now. Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here's your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa. I'm your host, Bill Grady, with show number three, the third edition of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people about what's going on in their lives and how the issues of the day affect their everyday lives. We've got a great show for you here today. We've got two wonderful guests. First one is from Lyle, Illinois. The second one is from Indianapolis, Indiana. So we're still staying within the heart of America. But if you'd like to be a guest, all you have to do is go to our website at www.youaretheguest.com. Click on Be a Guest, follow all those details, and who knows, maybe next week I'll be talking to you on the next edition of You Are the Guest. Of course, we'd like to thank you, the listener. Right now, our second edition was so incredible. We had over 31 states chime in and over 14 countries join in on the You Are the Guest family, including countries such as Estonia, the Netherlands, Belgium, Switzerland, Finland, Chile, and Ireland. Those are the brand new countries here to the You Are the Guest family. So thank you so much and continue to listen. Now, what do you say we bring on our first guest? I'd like to welcome to the show Carrie from Lyle, Illinois. Carrie, how are you? I'm Bill. How are you? I'm excellent, and I'm just happy as a pig in slop to be talking to you. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not in that slop. <laughs> ah. yeah. Tell me about uh, yourself. Tell me a little bit about your job and about Lyle, Illinois. Okay, about myself. Well, let's see. Um... I live in Lyle. I am the art director for a healthcare consulting firm, and I've been a graphic artist, oh gosh, for over 17 years now. And in my downtime, <laughs> actually my second occupation, I'm also um, a singer for a uh, professional women's chorus uh, that meets in Downers Grove, Illinois. And other than that, um, Lyle, nice little neighborhood. Um, we just moved here about a year ago, so we're excited about that. And it's just you know, in the suburbs of Chicago, so it's great being near a big city and you know, being able to go down and enjoy the big city and then sit in the big traffic all the time and things like that. But yeah, I like it. I grew up here, so can't complain too much. How are your neighbors? <laughs> you had to ask. <laughs> Um, most everybody around here are really nice. Um, I think my mother-in-law thinks there's still gangsters around here. Um, you know, oh no, the big city, but, uh, no, everybody's fine. Um, uh, except for the one, but other than that, um... Okay, I want to hear about the one. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? Uh, you know, every neighborhood has the rotten tomato, so to say, and I, I think we live next to one of them, no. They just were, uh... Mm, how do you say, a little bit irritated that we put up a, a very nice fence on our own property, and uh, they weren't very happy with it. They wanted us to put it up where they wanted us to put it up, not where we wanted to. So pretty much made up some lies about, you know, coding and things like, rezoning and things like that. So, you know, my husband wanted to, you know, paint a big smiley face on the garage door that said, have a nice day, that faces towards their house, but other than that... <laughs> Sounds like a perfect opportunity to have a really loud block party right outside their back door. No, like my kids make up for that. You know, they run around screaming, you know, squirt me with the hose or things like that. That's what I mean. That's what block parties are for. <laughs> hey, squirt me with the hose. <laughs> yeah, squirt the place that make it a water slide. Oh, well. <laughs> We can always, uh, you know, throw you know, the rotten fruit from the vegetable garden, you know, over that way. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to be very nice. And, yeah, everybody, most of the neighbors, though, I have to admit, have been very warm, very welcoming. It's a lovely community, and, uh, yeah, we really like it here. 
So do you commute back and forth, or do you work in Lyle? I work in Lyle. Um, I have a very long commute of exactly 2.6 miles, so I can't complain. Uh, I'm really irritated when it takes me 10 minutes to get to work versus, like, 7 minutes. So, uh, you know, no, but I... I, uh, I like working close to home. I, I, I got really lucky, I have to admit. Um, I know people who, you know, spend an hour and a half in traffic. Um, you know, whoever made the, designed the roadways um, around the Chicagoland area, there's a, a certain area called the bottleneck where it's like four lanes down to one. Okay, who designed that? What engineer, you know, is sitting at home laughing hysterically at the rest of us? Your next-door neighbor. <laughs> Yeah. Ho, 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 I did that. <laughs> Just to make you mad. <laughs> oh, but, uh, no, I, I like working close to home. I can ride my bike if I want to to work, so I enjoy that. And uh, with, with these gas prices, ain't too bad of a choice anymore, right? Yeah, I think the one station down the street, 243 a gallon. Hello, you can get a Starbucks, I think, for cheaper than that. But How much? <laughs> 243 A gallon. A gallon. For coffee. No, no, that's just for the gas. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I was going to say, coffee went down. <laughs> coffee went down. <laughs> you know, I live near, like, the three major food groups, the Starbucks, the Krispy Kreme, and the sushi bar. So, you know, for <laughs> the people, <laughs> yeah, you can tell I grew up out here. Can't and, and you can get it all in one place. <laughs> yeah. The drive through sushi bar, full-service gas station with coffee. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I need one of those around here. There, that's that's something we can start. There, that's your new business. You can uh, go into franchising the uh, sushi coffee gas bar. <laughs> so tell me about why you became a graphic artist. Oh, why? I, I, I wanted to starve. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm not a starving artist, fortunately. Um, I've always enjoyed uh, art. Um, that's something I've always had a knack um, of doing, and, um, I, you know, whether it be, you know, fine arts, music, um, I've, I've always had, and I basically have kind of always, um, headed toward that direction, and I remember distinctly in high school, um, taking computer programming classes because I wanted to go into computer graphics, and I thought the way to do it was to, uh, learn how to make it, like, through COBOL and Pascal, all those ancient programming languages, um, and then I actually had a calendar that had computer graphics on it. And I, it was that calendar and then the cool images that you could create that really just intrigued me. But once I got into college, uh, the programming got harder and harder and harder. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe I should focus more on the area that I'm better at, which is the art, which I did, and I'm glad I did. So um, I got my degree in art, and I pretty much have been doing that ever since. I've been able to... Uh, successfully make a career out of it 13 years on my own, which is, um, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but I think is a, a very good track record. Um, I, I had, you know, wonderful clients, major companies. I was able to make a living, like I said, on my own for 13 years. I had freelancers helping me. Um, it was really nice. Um, but with the family and a recession and things like that, um, full-time, you know, opportunity with insurance um it just i couldn't pass up this this position um that the company offered me and uh again being a couple miles from home was just uh wonderful so i'm still doing what i like i just i don't have to pay for my own insurance anymore so i appreciate that so did you ever work at home or on your own or yeah, yeah like i said 13 years on my own i worked out of my house i would have people in here helping me. Um, I would go on show sites. Um, I, I, and I did everything. I was the bookkeeper. I was the lunch order taker. <laughs> I was the designer, the art director, uh, the production person. I would go on show sites and, and uh, help uh, you know, run the shows and do all the edits and the graphics and you know, basically for big corporate presentations and things like that. I'd work hire out, you know, for other companies who needed additional freelancers and things like that. So, I mean, there was one point, I, I, it's kind of a funny story. Um, I was working for a lactation consultant. It was right after my son was born. And talk about multitasking. I'm sitting here taking input from her, talking on the phone, and nursing a child at the same time. So, go, girl. Thanks for that visual. 
I sure thing. You sleep soundly tonight, won't you? <laughs> uh, but uh, that was true multitasking. And, huh, see, like I said, go, girl. See, us women, we can do so much. And, guys, you can't even watch TV and full laundry at the same time. What's with that? Come on. We're, we're just uh, pretending that we can't, so you will. So, so tell me about the pros and cons about working on your own and being the, the person that does it all. Um, well, the pros, you pretty much um, can schedule yourself. Um, you don't have to work by anybody's, um, well, pretty much anybody's rules. You work by your own rules. I mean, clients have deadlines and things like that. But you can uh, regulate yourself and your hours work, your hours off. Some, sometimes if you're on for two months, you know, doing you know, 60, 80-hour weeks, you can take a month off, which is really nice. A um, couple pros, um, you know, working at home, enjoying that, um, being your own boss, um, the pride of ownership, I guess in a way you can call it. Uh, but then there's the kind of people calling you at 10 o'clock at night saying, I need this tomorrow, and you're up to 4 o'clock in the morning. So you kind of lose some of your privacy in your private life. Um, then you're also at the mercy of your clients. If nobody wants the work you do, unfortunately, the, the paycheck stops rolling in. So um, that's why it's good to have a really strong client base, I believe. And I probably at one time had over 20 clients, which is a good pool to, to pull from. Um, but again, again, you're at the mercy of the client. Um, health insurance is uh, one big issue. You have to pay for your own health insurance um, when you're self-employed, unless you have a spouse who has a, a job and you can get insurance through them. And uh, being in the healthcare industry, which uh, the company I work for now is in the healthcare industry, uh, a lot of uh, working uninsured out there. So I've, I've seen the statistics, and it's uh, kind of scary. Insurance is uh, very expensive, and and a lot of people who work but can't afford to that their premiums. So, so what are your friends and neighbors telling you about health insurance? Uh, you know what? We don't t touch that topic a lot. I mean, I, I hear things like from my mother-in-law um, because she's retired about uh, you know Medicare and Medicaid and and uh, how much it's costing her and how she uh, you know can't go to such and such a doctor because he doesn't accept. Medicare or, or whatever insurance she's on, and you know, she might or somebody needs this type of uh, uh, procedure done, but insurance only picks up so much of it. Um, but it, it's not a, a big topic of conversation like around the dinner table, <laughs> unfortunately. Not like, oh, by the way, how's your health insurance rates? <laughs> it's like when you get the bill, it's like, oh, I can't believe they keep going up. Yeah, oh my God. You know, hey, Bill, how's your prostate and how's that, you know? You know, thing coming along. What's insurance doing with that? You know, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so, so what what are people talking about? I mean, just in conversation or things that you overhear wherever you go, or maybe over the dinner table. What what national or or world issues are people talking about? Oh, let's see. Some of the things we're talking about. Uh, in our family, I know uh, we've been talking about a lot of things that have been going on in space. Um, we're big on the, the space thing right now with that the, the, the probe that just uh, recently um, hit the comet. We were talking about that the other day with the kids and, and involved in that and watching a show about that. So that's kind of fun. Um, big topic of conversation. Uh, school supplies. Woohoo! You know, it's getting towards that time of the year where the kids are going to go back to school and, you know, how much. <laughs> Let's all go to Target and buy some pens and pencils and things like that. Um, so have you started that process? Did that over the weekend. Yes, all school supplies have been purchased and backpacks and the next thing will be you know, pants and shoes and shirts because they grow like weeds and you buy a pair of pants and two days later they're up to their knees and you're like, oh. So then you just take the old clothes and put them on eBay and make your money back. <laughs> Recycle them and then you buy somebody else's stuff. Yeah, like I always say, eBay is the best garage sale out there. I love it. But <laughs> So how many times a, a, a week or month or year do you shop and buy on eBay? Uh, I think I've done a little bit, but let's just say I, I have a, a rating well over 200. <laughs> so what do you like the best about it? What do I like about it? It's convenient. It's easy. 
um, I don't have to set up a garage sale. I don't have to deal with, you know, irate people trying to barter me down, you know, to a penny for, you know, Aunt Ethel's, you know, chipped piece of porcelain or something like that. It's like, come on. Um, it's just, it's plain and simple, you know, you put it on, you, you take a little picture, you stick it on, and, you know, hope for the best. <laughs> if it doesn't sell, well, then it goes to AmVets or something like that. But, uh, oh, my gosh, there have been certain times where, you know, unbelievable things, you know, like old kids' toys that are still in really good shape. Um, I'll sell, like, a lot of them for, you know, I don't know, $15, $20, or, you know, five outfits for, you know, $15 and things like that. Um, I sold, oh, gosh, a whole bunch of things, backpacks. Um, it's mostly kids' items, but... Like I said, it's the best garage sale out there. And, uh, you know, if you want a Velvet Elvis, hey, go to eBay. You might find one. <laughs> or, or toast with with somebody's image on it. Yeah, what's the latest one? Uh, Dumbledore from uh, the Harry Potter. I was reading somewhere. A piece of toast with Dumbledore on it, you know. <sighs> so, so are people talking about uh, at work they're talking about uh, terrorism or gas prices or the bombings um, anything you know, like that not a lot um and, and considering how much uh people in the company fly um we've talked a little bit about security at the airports i know uh, o'hare is very tight um you know and just the the hassle of having to go through security um, but these people do it so often, they have it down to a science. Um, but you know what? Honestly, issues like that, they really don't come up a lot at work. Um, I think we all know it's out there. Terrorism's out there. I live outside of a big city, which, you know, has a big, you know, bullseye on top of it. You know, Chicago's a pretty well-known target. I mean, everybody knows that. But are we going to let it stop us? No. After the uh, 9-11 attacks, um, I was plainly afraid to go downtown for quite a few months. I, I would not take a train down or anything. Um, honestly, I haven't been on an airplane since September 11th. Um, so how do you think it, you would feel if something did happen in Chicago? Oh, I, I honestly, I think it would, uh, it would really unnerve me. But you, you feel numb for a while, but then you're thinking, wait a minute, this is our way of life, and so we're going to you know, keep going. Um, you, know, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it, it would be very scary, I, I would have to admit, um, because you want to live in an area that you think is safe, and you want to be able to live in an area that you think is safe to raise your children in. And I think that's the main, the hardest thing is trying to explain to children how uh, there's bad guys out there, and the bad guys don't like the way we live, and they they want to hurt us. And you know they're like, why, mommy? You know why don't the police just find them and put them in jail? Well, it's not that easy, unfortunately. But um, you know I, I think everybody does their part. Um, you know people are a lot more cautious nowadays, um, even when you're riding the train. Uh, we went downtown a few weeks ago um, to a, a Navy Pier, and, you know, they're, they're checking bags and things like that. Um, even to our trip to Disney World, you know, you, you, in order to get into the park, they're checking bags and things like that. Um, you know, they're trying as well as they can to um, protect people, but I think the only protection you have is just due diligence. I mean, just... Keep an eye out around you. Don't put yourself in a situation where it, um, it feels awkward or uncomfortable. If you feel awkward or uncomfortable, get out of the situation. Do you mind those extra security checks? No, not at all. You know, it's an inconvenience for a few minutes. Um, you know, it didn't take up much time, but no, I, I honestly don't mind it. I mean, I've had some co-workers at work who had to have their shoes searched and things like that. Um you know, it's that's a big thing. You know, take off your shoes. Let me check your shoes. Let me, you know, this and that. But if that's you know part of uh, being secure and safe, then hey, you know, search away. <laughs> you also mentioned that uh, you have done singing. Can can you share with us an <laughs> interesting story or a performance story that may not have gone as as you had hoped it would have? Singing stories. Oh gosh. Give us some dish. 
Oh, my gosh. You know what? I, I, I'm i going to toot my horn here. I haven't had any horrible singing stories, fortunately. I've had some funny work-related stories with show sites, but singing, um, no, we, you know what? I Knock on wood. Where's some wood? There we go. I'm knocking. Um, we, I, everything I've done so far up to date has always been uh, pretty gone off without a hitch, let's just say that. Now, I just jinxed myself, okay? <laughs> and probably going to, you know, you know, have a frog in my throat at our next concert or something like that. That's right. It's just like the <laughs> sports announcer that says, he's not missed a free throw yet this game. <laughs> That's right. Or like, you know, I've never had a speeding ticket. Woo, woo, woo. You know, there's the cops behind you, things like that, you know. Um, <laughs> so let me... You, you, touched on something about a funny story at work can you share something with us that uh, you wouldn't get in trouble or fired over <laughs> oh let's see it was that christmas party no <laughs> i think it ended up with uh, uh, a know, photocopier incident a couple pianos i don't know <laughs> no um actually uh one kind of funny story um, I was doing, we were, um, oh God, this is a good few years ago. We were doing a live broadcast for a very well-known company. And uh, we're in this little tiny booth. We have our computers going. Um, we're going to be doing the visuals during the live broadcast. And all of a sudden, I'm like getting sprayed with something. I'm thinking, okay, who is spitting at me? You know, I'm like, okay, stop it, stop it, guys. And all of a sudden, I look up and I realize nobody's spitting which would have been really, you know, funny in its own right. But there's water dripping from the ceiling. And I'm looking up, I'm like, what the heck? And all of a sudden, the whole ceiling panel, boom, buckles. This cascade of water comes flying down on me. It was a really hot day in Chicago, you know. I guess that is Chicago summer. And the water is hitting my keyboard of my computer and shorting it out. And it's advancing my visuals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the spread eagle over my computer going, somebody help me. And I yell, switch to backup. So they go immediately to backup. And it's like two minutes before live broadcast. And I'm, you know, out in the hallway cursing up a storm. And I've got an air can, you know, trying to spray out my computer. Key. I gave up. So we went live with the backup. But could have been interesting. Have you been live? And that happened. So, uh that's, uh, Especially spread eagle over your computer. I am, I'm spread eagle over my computer. I'm just trying to protect it, you know. Save the computer, you know. I'm going down with my ship, Bill. <laughs> I don't care if it's plugged into electricity and there's water coming down. Just don't embarrass me with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like I said, and there's, there's other, you know, funny, funny show things. You know, when you're on a show site, you... You do learn a lot of really great um, jokes from the uh, the crew guys. So, but unfortunately, I don't think I can say them on the air here. So, but you you learn a lot of really crude ways of uh, telling people things. You know, from the union guys. But that's right. I, I I learned a lot of new swear words one time from a tower climber. <laughs> we were off the air this is when i was in in clarion iowa and we were off the air for a few weeks because of an ice storm and so it was a big deal for us to be on the air so we we told everybody that the tower climbers are going to come up the tower at five o'clock on sunday and so in a small town there's nothing else to do except watch the guy climb the tower right <laughs> he is up there bellowing some of the filthiest cuss words on Sunday at 5 p.m. as the city is surrounding the tower. So that that's my, my like, story. Uncle Ernie, get down here. Mommy, what's the bad man saying? You know, things like that. Are you ready to play Celebrity Square Root? Celebrity Square, oh, you know, I have been waiting all day to play that. So yes, I am, I am ready and you liar. <laughs> no, I'm not. Honestly, you know, I've, oh, the anticipation. Ooh, ooh, okay. Oh, okay, well, well, hopefully you'll find this fun. Hopefully you'll find this fun. Here, here's how it works. Celebrity Square Root is that you don't say the show or the movie. You say the first celebrity that comes to your mind that's associated mm -hmm. with that. So let's go ahead and start off with a movie about an artist. Tom Holt. Very good. 
How about a TV show featuring pictures or an art? TV show picturing, featuring pictures or an art? Yeah, or an art gallery, I should say. Uh, uh, oh, uh, e, uh, um, oh gosh, um, David Spade and just David Spade. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll accept that one. <laughs> we would have also accepted Ron Serling for Night Gallery. But that's okay. Sorry. How about a TV soap opera? TV soap opera. Um, <laughs> um, I can picture her in my head, but I, you know, I'm sorry, I don't watch soap operas. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh gosh, the the woman who was up for so many awards but never won them. What what is her name? Lucci. Yes, Susan Lucci. Thank you. I, I threw you a bone there. <laughs> How about a movie about an opera? Movie about an opera. Um. <laughs> you think I would know this being in? <laughs> Can I throw you a bone? <laughs> you throw me a bone, and I I turn around and, and go. Phantom. Does the word phantom mean anything to you? Uh, Okay. X there. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, we're, we're finding more and more about you. <laughs> here's here's a real softball for you. Oh, thank you. Your favorite movie. My favorite movie. And the celebrity connected with it. Um, Audrey Hepburn. Is the correct answer. <laughs> and that is true. Good for you. Good for you. It's time to play Ask Bill 3. This is where I turn the tables and turn it over to you, where you get to ask me three questions about anything you want to. So go right ahead. Oh, boy. And now, now this is the truth. I have been waiting for this all day long. This I believe. Oh, you are a brave soul, Bill. Okay, so first question. Well, this is a, a pretty, uh, um, this is kind of more of a normal one. Um, you know that I'm in the art field, and I, I enjoy promoting the arts and everything. A lot of schools recently have been cutting their arts program, either music, art, theater, dance. Um, what is your take on that, and, and how important do you think art is in uh, ch children's education? I think that art as a part of children's education is very important, and the fact that a lot of school systems aren't able to afford a lot of these probably is tied into the fact that they're just barely able to afford gasoline a lot of times for the buses. So if you you know think the high prices won't affect your you know, child's education, you know this might be repercussions from that. There might be some opportunities though for some very good companies or corporations to underwrite a lot of those programs and especially if they're looking at recruiting artists, for example, there might be advertising agencies or something that, like that that could underwrite some of those groups and therefore almost be using that as a pipeline for some future graphic artists. Mm -hmm. So did I answer your question? Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you there. And uh, um, it, it's, 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 Sad. Um, I remember my my son. Um, they had to get volunteers to help teach art classes um, for you know at his school because they just couldn't do it. So uh, it, you know, I think it's not only you know again like you said the schools having funding issues, but uh, I think it's also the parents' responsibility to uh, help promote arts, whether it be uh, taking them down to museums and or just exposing them to. Mm -hmm. To, to theater, dance, um, um, silly rhymes in my daughter's. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And it, it, the, <laughs> the fact that schools aren't able to 
fund that all the time doesn't mean it should end. It means that somebody in the community needs to step up and say, we don't want this to go away. So can we get some volunteers? Can we get some corporations or some business to help us out with the funding? And can we continue to do this? Because if we take all of this creative process out of our schools, then they're not going to have the skills later on or the inspiration to do this when they look at careers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think also it, it, it's a, a, a way of learning, too. I think it helps stimulate your mind. I mean, I, I honestly think uh, it, it, it keeps, it's something you can use the rest of your life. I mean, look at me. You know, here I am, 38 years old, and I think I sing better than I, I ever did. And, uh, and, it, and even if you don't become a <laughs> professional, right? If you don't become a professional, even if it's just something you like doing, like a church choir and things like that, um, uh, I, I, I enjoy doing that as, as much, but honestly, I, I, I think the reward is being able to uh, just the mu- just seeing the audience's faces and, and the music and, and everybody's just smiling and, and the blend that this group that I'm in, we, that we get, it, it's, just, it's just simply gorgeous and you just tingle. Because it really is miraculous, and it's amazing, and it's, it's something that you don't get to feel that often, and it's, it's just it's absolutely wonderful. So, okay, I'm we, my high horse here. <laughs> our second guest for our show today is going to be Rob Coslow, and Rob's a wonderful pianist, and he's got some great stuff, and we'll also have a sample of some of his, his work as well. Ooh, I'll have to listen to that later on. <laughs> yes, stay tuned. Okay, I will. Okay, question number two. Um, I, you're going to like this one. We've had this discussion. Oh, this has been a discussion at work. Ready? Fire away. Pop-tarts, toasted or non-toasted? I like them both ways. I probably have had them um, right out of the package most of my life. Okay. Because that's a snack. It's a snack. Okay. Yeah, I personally like them. Non-toasted. I'm like you. Right out of the package. Pop those babies in. Yum, yum. Okay. They get too hot. They burn your roof of your mouth and they're toasted. Ooh. Okay, and my third question to you. Um, in this age of technology, I know everybody talks about their cell phones and their iPods and their thises and their thatses and everything. But do you have... Or Basically, here's an example. Is there a piece of technology that you don't have nor that you will ever want to have. It is a TiVo. <laughs> Just because I don't watch all that much TV, uh-huh. and it's not like, well, geez, I, you know, the TV gets or the TiVo gets to pick out all the shows that I, I miss. Well, there's nothing on TV to miss. <laughs> so, it, to answer your question of me saying something that everybody says, oh, that's so great, you know, that I could say, never in a million years I'd be able to use it, it would be a TiVo. Yeah, okay, yeah. How many- in a year and a half, I'll have one. Yeah, exactly. And you'll be like recording trading spaces every day, going, yeah, Carrie, you should have seen what they did to this wall treatment. Oh, my gosh, amazing what you can do with a sponge, you know. So, you'll be calling me up about that, so. Is this the Martha Stewart version here? <laughs> yeah. Put more the Roseanne Barr version. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, that's what we can come up with, you know. Yeah. The anti-Martha. Uh, uh, you the, know. Anti-Martha? <laughs> the anti-Martha? The anti-Martha. The <laughs> anti-Martha. Is that like the anti-Christ? Yeah. A lot of people would think that's all in one person. <laughs> The anti-Martha. Tell me your theory about the anti-Martha. <laughs> well, something that doesn't require, you know, well, first, what does she say all the time um, that just drives me you know, crazy? Um, you know, it's not perfect, or, or does she say perfect, or she says something all the time. That's perfect or something. It's like, no, it's not, you know, or whatever she says. But, no, the anti-Martha would be uh, the, the mom who, uh, you know, instead of picking the, the, the brownies from scratch and, you know, she, she gets, you know, the 15 aprons and, you know, 33 bowls dirty, she runs out to Jewel and grabs the $1.99 special off the rack and stucks it on a paper plate and sends it off to school with the kid. There you go. That's the anti-Martha. <laughs> The anti-Martha is every male under the age of 20. 
<laughs> Chef said Ikea, right? <laughs> Gary, thank you so much for being on our show. I hope I hope you've enjoyed this. Were you fretting at all about doing the show before we started recording? No, no, not really. I, 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 I was hoping that uh, I wouldn't come off as a, a, a raving lunatic, you know, in Lyle, Illinois. But no, actually, I thought it would be very enjoyable. So. Oh, I can, I can personally say you didn't come off as raving. <laughs> okay, lunatic possibly, raving no. <laughs> That's right, all, all depended on interpretation. Yeah, and I just wish I had more, uh, you know, uh, you know, topics of the day. But you know, we don't talk about a lot of stuff like that at work, and you know, half my family life revolves around things involving the kids. So, you know, it's not you know worldly per se. You know. So would so would you recommend this show to somebody else if somebody wanted to be a guest? Oh yeah, yeah, I would. I, I've been telling people at work about it and everything, and, and they're like, "Oh, really?" Yeah, I said, "Yeah, I have to. I'll send them. I was going to send the." Uh, the file out and everything once you, you get the recording um, and everything. But, yeah, I told people about it, and I'm like, hey, he's always looking for people on the show, and I work with a lot of, I know a lot of, you know, fairly interesting people and you know, who have all sorts of different opinions about all sorts of different things. So, yeah, but no, it was enjoyable. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. Well, thank you so much for being our guest here on You Are the Guest. If you'd like to be a guest on a future show, just go to our website at www.youaretheguest.com. Submit your first name, the town where you live, and a short description on why you'd make a good guest. There is no charge for being a guest, and you'll have the opportunity to share what you think and how the news and events from today affect your life. The show's producers will contact you by email if you're chosen for a future show. I'd like to welcome to the show Rob. Rob, how are you? Great, how are you? Real good. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Indianapolis. So I was uh, born and raised here, but I uh, have spent some time out in Southern California for a few years for work, And uh, but I'm back in Indianapolis now, in my home state, trying to support uh, the economy here. <laughs> Tell me about uh, a little bit about yourself and also a little about what you do for a living and maybe, you know, some highlights about Indianapolis. Yes. Uh, well, I'm a musician. Uh, I play the piano, and that's what I do full-time um, starting this year. started doing that full-time, and I have a couple of recordings. So most of my time is involved with that at the moment, And but I'm online all the time. I, I market myself online and and uh, back to Indianapolis. Uh, well, of course, everybody knows the Indy 500 is here and the Brickyard 400, and that seems to be the biggest events around town, but... Uh, it's it's becoming a, a, a small Chicago. It's a very big city. It's a great, great city, um, getting very diverse, and, and there's more stuff to do here now. And <laughs> it's not just corn. Like a lot of people think, there's definitely much more than corn here. But uh, those are the events around here. Of course, the Colts, Indianapolis Colts and the Pacers. Everybody knows them. So. <laughs> and we actually have uh, somebody that's uh, very close to where I record, uh, playing for the Colts, uh, Dallas Clark. Really? He's from Livermore, and Livermore is about uh, 20 miles north of where we're recording the show today. Wow. So very, he grew up in a very small town, very small town. Livermore is like 200 people. I mean, it's it's wow. amazing. So, uh, I'm, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm always interested, too, when people from, say, Indianapolis, like, like yourself, we had a guest last week from Omaha, Nebraska, say that, well, you know, we're, we're not all corn. Right. It's true. I mean... It's uh, people just think of uh, you know when you hear Indianapolis or Chicago, especially if you're on the east or west coast, they're like, oh, you're from the Midwest. It's all the farmers and the corn. I'm like, uh, you guys really need to spend some time in the Midwest. <laughs> but uh, another thing, it's at the top of my mind because I just did a, a newscast on Thursday and it was aired today, so that was one of the little topics because they asked, when, especially when I was in California, did I get a lot of flack for being from Indiana because. Uh, uh, they were giving me kudos, helping prove there's more than uh, more than corn here or, or farmers and this and that. But we got we got it all. So. so tell me about your decision to become a full time musician. How did that come about? Wow, that's a long story. So I'll try to make that short um, as short as possible. Um, well, I started off as a music major when I was back in college and decided uh, it was hurting my creativity. It was just the structured classical training that I grew up with. It just kept being hindrance to uh, new music and contemporary music, which I was into, 
especially for the piano. I was very into George Winston and Vince Guaraldi and several other pianists. And, and I listened to everything from U2 to Paul Oakenfold to Kiss, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, uh, I switched majors to sports marketing and management, and that led me to the Internet. I worked for a couple companies in California uh, that were sports-based um, team and individual sports-based uh, web companies. And uh, that taught me all about the Internet and uh, basically opened my eyes up to all the great resources and marketing tools that I had, av- that I had available to me that a lot of other musicians didn't know about or didn't want to spend the time on. So that's spent most of my marketing um, experience and my time now uh, networking online worldwide. And it was just getting too busy to do two jobs this past year. You know, when I got home, you know, nights and weekends, I'd do piano. And I'd be either on the piano or on my computer. And things just really took off thanks to podcasting the past few months. Um, I got on Adam Curry's show and, and been over been on a, over 100 podcasts at the moment. Just the music music was just blown up. And, you know, in over, I think, 12 to 15 countries now. And uh, led to some uh, good record deals and contracts. And that's the short version of everything. Um, there's a lot more to it, but really the internet that's brought me to where I am now. So what are the pros and cons? Um, I will start with the bad. I mean, cons, you you really, really, this has to be your passion or you won't be successful. It's just, that's really what it comes down to. Whatever you do in life, if it's not your passion, can you truly be successful at that? Yes, on uh, to a certain level, but uh, I look at success as you're happy as well. Um, I don't look at it as how many people know you, how much money you make. If you can make a living off that and you're happy, you know, it's, it's great. It doesn't matter what you do. And it's tough for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people want to make, you know, as much as possible, want to be known by as many as possible and be praised all the time. But, you know, hey, we're all in this world together and we should be supporting each other, whatever we do. And it's tough for some people, especially some negative. Of course, with a lot of exposure, you're going to get negative and positive. So you got to let the negative roll off your back I mean, even the biggest groups, the biggest successes uh, in the world uh, have people that hate them or just dislike what what they're doing. And the positive, you have to take that uh, a lot of humbleness and not let it give you a big head. That's really what it's about. And to me, and my mission uh, in my business is to help others find their passion, reach their potential. Uh, that's really my true mission behind everything. And I'm looking forward in the future where I can help out other artists especially, help them learn how to market and get their music out there. I got into the radio business because of my love of music. Uh, But one of the things that I learned through the radio business was that the music business was even harder. Mm -hmm. So how are you making inroads to getting some of the, you know, the the bigger venues or maybe some of the the bigger companies to say, hey, look what I have? Well, that's, it's been years in the making, and uh, a lot of artists, you never hear about that with, with with big artists, especially all the work. It really, really did, the majority, I'd say 98, 99% of them put in a lot of work into where they are, and they get drilled for that now that they're millionaires or this and that, and think they have an easy life, but you know how much they put in 24-7, work their butts off, get to where they are. That's what it's about. It's not easy, even, uh, you know, for those stars. you got to keep putting out great material, you got to keep networking, you got to just work, work, work. And for me, uh, for me to be able to do this full-time, it's just getting uh, out um, out there around the country and the world and finding places to play regularly, uh, finding, you know, networks of people that dig your music and talk about you, and uh, it's just been really been sales and performances. That's what brings in uh, my income, and uh, it's really... Especially the internet. I'm going to keep talking about podcasting. It's just really, really opened a lot of doors and uh, minds. It's, it's the music that a lot of podcasters are blending in various styles of music into a single podcast, and my music has been blended in uh, in that scenario. And it's just a lot of people won't go out, typically go out and look for that, and this is opening doors and minds, as I said, and uh, getting the music in front of them. And that's leading to more sales. It's leading more radio people contacting me to do interviews and play my music but it's been a lot of work you got to do the work put the time into it 
And uh, a lot of people just go out performing clubs and think that, you know, a record exec's going to be sitting there uh, listening to them. And you can't, you can't think on that. You've got to get out as, as much as you can, uh, not just in the clubs, but online. Uh, the Internet is just a great, great, phenomenal tool to network for free. Uh, it's very, <laughs> very economical, um, but the network worldwide. And uh, that's, that's where the success has come for me, and that's what's led uh, people are starting to contact me, and that's what's led to my uh, deals. I, I typically sell pretty much just online right now through iTunes and my own website, and I'm just fine with a couple services that are going to be distributing to about 100 different digital networks around the world. Um, so it's really just it's back to the passion and, and hard work. Nothing is easy, um, no matter how easy it may look to some people. Just because you're in the limelight doesn't mean it was easy. So. Sure. I, I remember Peter Frampton, one of the concerts I saw him in, he said, uh, remember, folks, uh, Wednesday is garbage night for me, too. <laughs> it's true. When Adam Curry, yeah, I, you know, everybody knows, I'm bringing him up because most people listening are probably going to know who he is. And it's funny because when they, the day that, uh, a couple of days that he played my music, you know, I was out mowing my lawn to come in and I had all these people that wrote me, uh, new fans, people I knew, whatever. Hey, you know, you've great music, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Adam, I was out mowing my lawn when you, when you were playing this. I'm, I'm sorry I missed it. Because, <laughs> you know, I had listened to his podcast prior, prior to that. So, yeah, we're all normal people, uh, the majority of us. So uh, I do what everybody else does. So tell me about, uh, you know, as you've traveled around and you've met musicians or you've talked to other people, what are people talking about? Well, most recently is this payola issue. It's just, it's really ticked me off. We, as musicians, knew that was going on for a long time. And it's frustrating because some uh, uh, DJs and other musicians and, and uh, corporate corporations, you know, don't see it as a big deal. Oh, it's normal, blah, blah, blah. It's been going on for years. Hey, but you know what? That's why you only hear 20, 30 artists on the, on the station, you know, on your stations you're listening to constantly. It's just, it's annoying. I don't even listen to uh, most stations, like the main, main, mainstream. So I get sick of hearing the same thing every hour. I want to hear a variety of music. Yes, I love those artists, a good chunk of them, but still, it's just wrong. It's wrong. There's too many musicians out there. Most music lovers have, you know, hundreds, if not, uh, you know, thousands of, of songs and or CDs in their collection. And that's, this recent scandal has just brought up a lot of uh, chat with that. And I've talked to a few musicians and other people about it. And most people are on the side that, yes, it is a bunch of crap and, and, and you need to keep cracking down on it. And uh, someone's just, you know, they're reading the example right now, and I hope I hope it keeps improving so that you can get some more artists on the airwaves. And that was amazing to me too. On being on uh, for many years on the radio, and that is like first day stuff. Plugola and Paola, we always had everybody sign a a statement that says, you know, you've been talked about this. This is something you will not do. And so for anybody that's spent any time in radio, they know that that is verboten. You just don't do that. Right. And uh, if, if you ever want to hear my opinion on how to clean it up, I'll, I'd give that to you. But <laughs> I love it here. I'd love it here. Okay, well, here it is. Here it is. Uh, I, instead of just pulling the one license from the station that had the infraction, pull every license that that owner owns and in this world of consolidation it would clean it up overnight but is anybody going to take that hard line i don't know but if you instead of just you know getting a slap in the wrist or at renewal time having that look up not only pull that station's license but pull every license from that owner of that offending station you'd clear it up overnight mm-hmm. i agree Hundred percent. Be a great solution. It really would, and it was really a slap in the wrist to Sony as well. I, I just, I mean, ten million bucks. Give me a break. No, that's right. Give me a break. That's right. And uh, who knows what the you know, the station will have to deal with later on. Right. Well, what else are they talking about? Oh well, uh, podcasting, of course. I'm trying to get the word out on that to as many artists as I can, and teach them uh, how to actually create their own podcast. 
So, so what are you telling people or when you ask the, the average everyday person, hey, do you know about podcasting? What do they say? about 50 50 and they're like yeah i think i've heard of it or others are like yeah i'm totally you know i'm an ipod and i think it's the best thing ever so now i can listen to um, my favorite show whenever i want or all these brand new shows and finding all these new artists and new music and uh you know one great thing that blends in podcasting is if, you know as you know it's majority of the artists are independent and most independent artists make their music available much easier um it's much uh, more convenient to purchase that music cheaper um, and especially you know a lot of this is tied into the di digital networks um, like uh, CD Baby actually CD Baby is actually going to be launching um, digital sales soon I believe don't hold me to that but I'm pretty sure that's, that's what they were talking about soon um, I could be wrong but still anyway networks like that uh, are just filled with great music and it's easy, easily accessible, and there's so much to choose from. But uh, from um, the majority, it's, as I said, it's 50-50. It's and a lot, of these, a lot of musicians are not creating it because it takes a lot of time. I've had to read, read you know, so, much, uh, so many instructions online to learn how to do it myself, even though I've been on the Internet for so long, but it's all new media. It's brand new. And I had to teach myself how to do it. And now, you know, once you do it, it's a piece of cake. I just actually watched a new show this morning so um you know it's all still new it's it's good hype uh majority of people i talk to think you know it's going to stick around for a long time and and you know we're hoping that uh, there's ways that we can bring money to it in the future from advertising or, or charging for subscriptions to uh actual pod shows but it's it's pretty much just it's, it's kind of almost too new to talk more about it um in my mind Oh, absolutely. And I think over the next uh, maybe year and a half, it's really going to be the fun part of the media because of the fact that it's still going to be free and it's still going to have a lot of different diversity. But at some point, there's going to be some filtering out or some sifting, and, and then there will be those who make money and those who don't. And, and uh, so it, it'll, it'll break it down fairly quickly. Tell me, how did you find out about this show? Adam Curry's podcast. Uh, you had a promo on there. Yes, I did, and and uh, heard about and, it. And I was kind of uh, amazed when I heard it myself. I didn't know it was going to be on, and I'm just kind of thinking, is that my voice coming back at me? <laughs> so it, we've had a tremendous response from that. We've uh, it's been amazing how many referral links have come off uh, from that one promo and from uh, from his site and. Uh, you know, I, I wrote Adam and just thanked him and said, you know, this was, you know, tremendous. So very much appreciated being part of his show. I was the same way. I mean, it's similar to what happened with me on his show back in June. He played that one thing and just opened up so many new doors. And, uh, you know, he's, he's the pod father, right? So <laughs> he's got quite a subscri subscription base right now. So That's right. All good. So. Thank you, Adam, once again. Are you ready to play Celebrity Square Root? Oh, <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> you know, every everybody just kind of says, "Well, you know, just, you know." But you know, it, this is going to be fun, and and right. and because you play piano, I I, I picked out some some piano uh -oh. uh, questions. So how this works <laughs> is that with Celebrity Square Root, I'll name a medium like a movie, a TV show, or record, or something like that, and you give me the celebrity name that comes. Up first, for example, if I were to say TV talk show, uh, most people would say Oprah Winfrey. Yep. So don't oh, say <laughs> so don't say the movie, don't say the show. Say an artist or a celebrity that's connected with that. Will do. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. An Academy Award-winning movie featuring a piano. Jamie Foxx. How about a movie featuring a lounge singer? Oh, swingers. And a Glee's lounge singer, true lounge singer, it's, I think it's Edie, Eddie and Vicky, who sing at the Dresden in Los Angeles. I may have their names wrong, but it's along Eddie, Vicky, and I've heard them in person. Yes, yes, that's right. That they were they were in that one. Right. How about a TV show featuring a rapper or a musical uh, or musician turned actor? TV show. Yeah, but remember, you got to give the celebrity name. Oh man, uh, Reba. 
and I believe that's the same name as the show, Reba McIntyre. It's Reba. Right? Very good, very good. Yeah, we would have accepted Ice T as well. How about a TV show featuring uh, bands or performers? Uh, well, the most recent I'm very excited about is, is the rock star in excess. And these are no-name performers, but of course the the judges are the actual group in excess, along with uh, Dave Navarro. Does that count? Absolutely. And last last one, I'll take you off the hook after this one. A movie directed by Rob Reiner. Ooh. Um, oh man, why does uh, why does um, Tom Hanks? Very good, very good. We also would have accepted Harry. John Hughes movies come popping in my head. <laughs> or Harry Shear from Spinal Tap. We would have accepted that, too. Yeah. Well, he has his own pod show, too. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've heard his show. He's very good. He's a funny guy. Very good. So it's at this time we take you off the hook off Celebrity Square Root, and we play Ask Bill 3, and this is where you get a chance to ask me three questions about anything. All right. I'm ready. You ready? Fire away. Okay. Now, this is a almost everyday topic, so this is why I put this first, and especially with the one the London bombings uh, uh, the past few weeks, uh, it's been more in my mind. Um, what's your opinion on U.S. security, and are we really safe? Are we really safe? We'll never, ever be 100% safe. Are we as safe as we want to be? I don't think so. But the fact that we haven't seen anything shows that maybe something is going on where um, we're either distracting the, the people that are doing it or we're scaring them away. So there, I suspect there is some deterrence, but I don't know if we're ever safe enough. And I you know, really can't put a measurement on that until we either – put some people in jail that we're trying to plan something or, you know, something terribly goes wrong. Right. I have to agree with you on that one. All right. You ready? This is more personable. Fire away. Uh, what's your life's mission? Or I can phrase that as what's your mission in life? My mission in life is really to, to have a, a good life. If, and I know that's really general and, and I know that, if we're, if we're talking just personal goals, because I think that as an individual, you need to have personal goals, professional goals, spiritual goals, and uh, recreational goals, and, and down the line. But if you're just asking me personal goals, it's really very simple, that I want to be a good son, I want to be a good brother, I want to be a good uncle, I want to be a good friend. And, you know, I want to do something that will help somebody else out someday, and, and maybe someday they can pass that on. All right, fun question. Okay. Now, this is, well, I'll just ask it. If you could be any celebrity or celebrity yourself, so you can still be you, and you're already on your way. <laughs> well, no, not yet, not yet. We're still opening the door up. If you could be any any celebrity, what would you do? What was your celebrity quality? Ooh, you know, I, I would love to be Paul McCartney. I think that would just be incredible i mean to to be able to you know have that body of work and to be all those different places and you know i just think that he's had had a fabulous career so if you're looking at somebody to emulate or somebody to you know boy i wish i had his career to me you couldn't get any any bigger than than paul mccartney if you want to go back to the television or the broadcasting side you know, the people that I admire the most on the on the broadcast side would be David Letterman, uh, was very good. And also my all-time favorite was Johnny Carson. You know, growing up in the, in the Midwest and, you know, watching that show, that's what you dreamed of, of being on one day as a kid, was the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And you would always think about, okay, you know, if I sat here, what would, you know, Johnny be asking me? So... Very interesting. Um, I love I love Paul McCartney as well. My favorite, one of my favorite songs of all time is uh, "Live and Let Die." Um, I love love that, especially since it's tied to a James Bond movie, of course, too. Uh, <laughs> now you mentioned David Letterman, who's from Indiana. Yes, he, he went to Ball State. You know, yeah, absolutely. The university. That's, that's where I started off. 
before I went to uh, Indiana, I went to IU. I was a Hoosier, of course, Indiana University of Bloomington. But so I did my first two years at Ball State because, as I told you, I started off as a music major. But most people thought, why are you going to Ball State? And I used, like, the best music school in the country. But that's because I did my own music. And I was trying to bring out my more, you know, my creative side. And I auditioned with my own music. So I didn't even go to IU. I went to Ball State first. And anyway, that's a little interesting fact, I guess. But And you'll always go farther doing your own thing. I was going to bring up one more thing. Okay, fire away. Because you mentioned Johnny Carson. You know, Jay Leno's uh, took his place. And Conan uh, is going to take his place in a few years, and I'm just wondering, you know, that's, that's a somewhat recent topic of uh, this year of news, and uh, I just wonder what you thought about that being Johnny Cash, or not Johnny Cash, Johnny Carson being one of your idols, that uh, are Jay and Conan able to fill those shoes, or are they doing a worse job, or are they just moving things forward as we move, uh, you know, as technology improves, as our minds keep opening, so. Nobody can replace a, a Johnny. It'll be hard to replace a Jay. And everybody's got their own style. And I just respect what everybody kind of brings to the table. The other thing that I know is that the demographics are going to turn over just about every five years or every ten years when it comes to the show. So for, for Jay to say, you know what, you know, right now that audience that is tuning into Conan is a little bit younger, but they're going to be five years older down the road. So it makes sense for Conan to kind of fill in. The The big question is who's going to fill in for Conan. I don't know if I've heard that at all, but, um, you know, that's the kind of the big question. Who's who's coming to the line, and, and once they do, is that going to become a feeder system for The Tonight Show as it continues to go year after year? So anything else or, or, or anything else you want to plug? Did you want to, you know? We could talk all night, I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> see, and that's what I think is the appeal of the show is that it's not so much a current affairs quiz as it is a conversation. Yeah. And uh, if people want to find out about yourself or about your music, where, where can they, they uh, uh, find you on the World Wide Web? They can go to robcoslow.com. That's R-O-B-C-O-S-T. L-O-W.com. Um, an easier address to get there, if they don't want to spell my name out, is uh, Tourist Records, like a traveler. It's uh, touristrecords.com. Those will both take you to the same place. And uh, you can read all about me and see where I'm playing and listen to music, everything right there. I just put up some message boards, too, so feel free to chat. <laughs> so, and... Uh, yeah, I, put, I have a blog as well. You can link to from that site, and that's more personable, uh, everyday uh, information. What's going on? I just throw that up there. So, and I have a podcast connected to that. And I just released a new podcast this morning. So if you want to check out some good new music from some uh, new artists, uh, check that out. Rob, thank you for being a part of our program, and and hopefully um, you found this a very good experience. Yeah, it's been great. I was much more relaxed than I thought I'd be. So. Uh, and we talked about many things I didn't think we'd talk about. So, so would you recommend people being a guest on the show? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to put a link up on uh, on my blog uh, to, to your show. So, uh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, oh, go ahead. Okay, tell people I don't bite. It's it's fairly painless. He, he doesn't bite, but if if I was sitting next to him in person, I really don't know if he would or not. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, thank you so much, and good luck with the career. Thank you. Thank you. And now here's Rob Coslow with the song titled Meant to Be.
That pretty well does it for our third show of You Are the Guest. I'd like to thank Rob and thank Gary for being our special guests on our third edition. Also, if you'd like to be a guest, once again, all you need to do is go to our website at www.youaretheguest.com. Click on Be a Guest, fill out the details, and send us off an email. And who knows, maybe next time I'll be talking to you on the next edition of You Are the Guest. From the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening. <music>